This is Original Six. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Original Six podcast. Thanks for joining us, as always. Brian Savine, Paul Ananitis, and Zach Mullen is back, but not yet ready to attack, but he's back this week. What's going on, boys? I'm good. Fired up. Leaves are 2-0 and this week, so we're kind of getting back in the groove. Very fired up. The, the Leafs made me quit the podcast for one week because they were so <laughs> bad, but then they won, and they've won, what, three games in a row now? So yeah. Yes. Zach now had to leave to the province because he was so upset. Couldn't yeah, handle I that to, uh, I went to association. Edmonton, was cheering for the Oilers for a week, and then realized how, how bad that was, so then I came back. Zach, get out of the podcast. I came. I just came back. You want me to leave? You said you were cheering for another team for a week. Aren't you a Blackhawks nah, fan? Nah. No, I just like Patty Kane. He's my favorite player. I'm a Blackhawks fan. Oh my lord Almighty! Dang. Wow. All right. Look, Leafs. Look, every. I think we've been over this. Every Leafs fan has a second favorite team to cheer for when the Leafs suck. It's just a thing. <laughs> for most people, it's the Penguins because oh my God, Crosby. For me, it was Chicago. Yeah, I'll say it. Yeah, I f- when Toronto was bad and never made the playoffs. Yeah, Chicago is what I was rooting for. Like, come on, I in, to in, see Kane win in twenty like fourteen, fifteen, thirteen. Like, who are you cheering for? It's not the Leafs. No, it was for me. It was Los Angeles. Actually, I was an LA fan for a while. There you go. Fun fact. Back to Leafs. Oh yeah. Back to Leafs. Uh, if you are back listening once again, thank you. We appreciate it. If you are new, make sure to follow or subscribe to us on whatever podcast streaming platform you are listening to and uh, check us out on Instagram at original six podcast. No correct first goal predictions this week, but there's only two games, which means you have more chances coming up. I actually wanted to tell you guys a cool story before we get into stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's a work story. Kind of cool. So for, for any of the listeners who don't know, I work on family feud, Canada. Pretty cool. I know I host the show kidding. That's not true. Um, <laughs> It's hosted by Jerry D, who uh, I get to work with a little bit. And today, Jerry comes up to me and says, a favor to ask of you, um, can you put together a couple gift bags and deliver them to the Ritz Hotel uh, next door? And so what we do on the show is if a family comes on and loses their only game, obviously they don't win any money. They only play one game. We send them home with like some family feud merch and some swag, like a shirt, a water bottle, like a toque, whatever. So I'm like, sure, no problem. So I put together a couple gift bags, bring them over to my guy, Jerry. And he's like, grab a Sharpie and I'll just write the names of the people uh, who you're delivering this to. So uh, give him the marker. He hands back to me. He's like, there you go. So I look at the first name, no idea who this is. Second name, Peter DeBoer, coach of the Vegas Golden Knights. Oh my God. So I walk the two bags over to the Ritz from the CBC building on uh, Front Street. And as I'm walking there, I see Chris Johnston from Sportsnet on the phone on the street. And then as I'm dropping the bags off, I'm hoping Peter DeBoer comes down to grab them as I'm there. Or that on my way out, Chris is still hanging about over two. Dang it. But Dang. if if Peter DeBoer was rocking a family feud toque during that game, I would have lost it. Oh, yeah, I doubt that, but. That would have been hilarious. I just thought that was funny. I'm just picturing DeBoer wearing it like on the bench. 
he he could have been wearing the socks. He gave him a pair of like high socks. That's true. Eh, we'll yeah, never no. know. Maybe he was drinking under the water bottle I handed him. Maybe. You never know. All right, enough about Peter DeBoer. Uh, let's move on to week in review. And uh, Paul, you actually guessed this one correctly. Good job. Thank you. I'm not surprised. 2-0-0. I'm always right. I was incorrect. So Such good. a lie. <laughs> I was uh, I was incorrect with 1-0-1. Zach just didn't guess because he didn't fill it out in time. Yeah, Zach wasn't in the province. I, I honestly didn't have cell service the entire time you guys were recording. And I got uh-huh. the message like four hours later. Zach, what are your <laughs> predictions for this week? I'm like, well. To be fair, know. though, to Zach, he did say 2-0-0 in the chat. Did I actually? Yeah. You said, is, is it too late? Or can I say 2-0-0 and Ryan's like, it's too late? Oh, because oh. I think we'd already recorded. Yeah, because we yeah. already recorded. But you did guess it correctly. I'm just oh. not giving you credit for it. Good job, okay. Zach. I'll give, you, I'll give you half points. I will take those half points. <laughs> they add up. They add up. All right. So first game of the week was a 5-4 victory against Detroit. I was actually at this game. Uh, notably, Peter Morazic's first game back in uh, his sixth game, about two-week absence after that groin injury. I, 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 I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but when you go to a game, I find you you get to see different parts of the game, but it's also harder to follow other parts of the game. Like sometimes I struggle with, you know, you obviously don't hear the commentators. You don't get that kind of inside information, but, you know, the play moves so quickly. Sometimes if you don't know all the numbers of uh, the opposition, it's hard to keep up, but this was a pretty wild back and forth game. Mm-hmm. Every time I thought we're, we're taking a step in the right direction. You know, we, we collapsed defensively and just let them walk through. We made uh, Joe Valeno look like an all-star. Honestly. Um, I think, you know, after all the back and forth, the big takeaway on this one was just that the offense came alive. You know, the defense wasn't great. Morazic didn't look fantastic in his return, but he obviously didn't get the help he probably needed. Um, but, you know, the offense came alive, right? I think that's probably the first time this season we'd scored five goals in the game, which for the Leafs is not uncommon early in the season. Yeah, that's true. I, I guess it's – no, don't don't we usually start off the years by, like, winning, like, 6-5 every game? Yeah, this, this to me was a game that resembled, like, the first 10 games of the year for the Leafs. Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can back – because, like, I know Freddie Anderson is normally terrible at the beginning, so to win anything, we had to score, like, 6-7 goals per game. Yeah. Have you seen the Not stats lately? Carolina. Yeah, oh my, ridiculous. 7-0 of that. Ridiculous. Must be nice. Right? Yeah. But, uh, you know, big, big takeaways. Marner and Tavares in this Detroit game looked really good. Mm-hmm. That, that, that was a game where the two of them, Kerfoot also playing on that line. That whole, them, that whole we'll, line. Which we'll get to because this week we saw a whole bunch of new lines. Um, mm-hmm. Kerfoot looked good. Marner and Tavares were difference makers, which was really important. Yeah, Tavares had Tavares had three points and Marner had two. There you go. Next game? Yeah, go for it. All right, so unlike the Detroit game, this game was a much more all-around performance. 4 nothing dub against Vegas. 
take uh, keep in mind that Vegas was very injury prone this game. They were missing four of their top five forwards. So they were missing Stone, Pacioretty, Tuck, and Carlson. And they were missing uh, the defenseman they just signed, White Cloud. So I was hoping that this game was the game that they just played, like domination all around, which it was. You know, shout out for Campbell, which was really nice. The defense played fantastic. I noticed Keith switched up a little bit of the defensive lines halfway through the game. Like he put Sandine with Riley and then, but whatever, it worked. I think all around performance from the Leafs and just uh, hopefully they can continue playing like this for the next couple of weeks, hopefully the rest of the season. But it's rare seeing the Leafs actually play a full three periods. A nice sight. So, yeah, I mean, this is what should have happened against Pittsburgh too with their injury-prone team, but obviously that did not happen. <laughs> no. So it was nice to see the Leafs actually have a dominant performance and Matthews coming alive with two goals. Tavares's line playing well. Marner has a had a goal and two assists today. So, yeah, good all-around performance, and hopefully we can continue that next week because we're playing some good teams. Yeah. Would you say this, our, this was our most complete game of the season? 100%. Not even a question. Yeah. Oh, my, my favorite part of this game, other than Jack Campbell getting a shutout, which was fantastic because he's the best, was <laughs> Mitch Marner. Like, that goal, he's the first goal of the game for oh. Mitch Marner was nasty oh yeah that was disgusting so nice i'm like please this is where i've been missing these guys and then matthews with the power play goal the feed from nylander that was vintage 2016 nylander to matthews on the power play yeah yeah and i'm like where have these guys like finally our big guns actually scored today like this has been the Mm -hmm. first game where i think it hasn't been like spezza or bunting or whoever like coming out of nowhere and scoring to keep us in a game, this was actually like domination by the top line. It was fantastic. Big time. Mm-hmm. And I think top two lines. Yeah. Top top the, the top six really brought it tonight. And you know, obviously in a game, you always want your depth to be there and 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 contribute. But you know, we pay our big guys a lot of money. It's it's okay every once in a while if they're gonna carry the load of a game for us. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Nice to see uh Matthew's kind of back to form, although you could argue he's been in form, just hasn't getting the result lately up until tonight. Mm-hmm, for sure. I mean, I he's gotten his chances. Oh, yeah, definitely passed the eye test. Like, he's looked good. Just uh, seems like he couldn't put the biscuit in the basket. <laughs> he did twice today. That's true. All right, so now as it sits, 5-4-1 and one are the Toronto Maple Leafs, fourth in the division. Curious if that still has us behind the Red Wings and or no. Sabres. No. Well, the Sabres, yes, but Detroit lost today. So we passed them. We're tied with Tampa for fourth with 11 points. Okay. Actually, we're tied with Buffalo as well. We just played two extra games. Ah, uh, gotcha. I, I still can't wrap my head around that eight games in, the Sabres are 5-2-1. and one. But, like, they usually do start off well and then, like, after the first like month and a half, then they start playing like dumpster fire Buffalo. Dumpster <laughs> <laughs> fire Buffalo. Well, I mean, that's what they were or are. Not right yeah. now, but eventually. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. They're they're pretty dumpster fire considering the whole Jack Eichel situation. Yeah, for sure. Who knows yeah. what's gonna happen with that, honestly? Poor guy. Such a good player on such a 
bad team. Poor Buffalo Sabres. All right, um, going into some latest news, some headlines from uh, Maple Leafs and around the league. Uh, we touched on Tavares and Marner looking better. Matthews comes alive, comes alive, comes alive tonight in tonight's <laughs> game, I guess. For anyone listening, uh, this episode is going to be released on Wednesday, November 3rd, but we are recording it on the red eye uh, right after the Leafs Vegas game. So it's Tuesday night here. Um, new lines this past week. So notably, uh, Justin Hall gets benched. So he hasn't played the last two games. And uh, a new look forward group as well. So uh, the, way the, the way the lines are set as of now and tonight, we had bunting on the first line with Matthews and Nylander. Second line was Marner Tavares with Kerfoot. Then our quote-unquote shutdown third line was Engvall, Camp, and Kasha. And our fourth line, two usual suspects in Spezza and Simmons. And the big off-season signing, Nick Ritchie. Oh, buddy. I love the new lines, honestly. And it's so funny, like, how much of an impact Matthews has on this team. Hall plays, like, oh, he's been playing bad the whole season. But, like, that Chicago game really showed how bad he's been playing. And Matthews just ripped him a new one. And then they're like, okay, you're benched. And honestly, I've liked Lilligren. I really have. Like, I think he's played fantastic with Sandine, the Swedish connection there. Yeah. I mean, they were line mates in the Marlies for how many years, right? Oof. Yeah. Yeah. They've looked, they've looked really good. Sandine, to me, is like, I don't know. Maybe it's just that he's playing way more games this year. But for me, he looks miles better than he was last season. Yeah. Which is really encouraging because we thought he was going to take Riley's spot, right? As I know, Ryan, you were definitely saying something about uh, Sandine being the Leafs' top defenseman or something in the years to come, like if Morgan Riley moved on. And we'll yeah, talk about that at least that would be like the natural fit, at least in like a power play situation. Yeah, exactly. So it was, it, yeah, they've played, they've played really well, and the new lines are working so well. Bunting deserves to be on the first line. Uh, I think he's played fantastic, so it's good to see. Yeah, he scored in the Detroit game. It's nice to see. Yeah. Uh, what what do we think? I'm curious on both of your thoughts. I mean, Bunting, Matthews, Neeland, uh, Bunting and Matthews was at least something we figured. We just assumed Marner had been up there, but it seems like splitting up Matthews and Marner is what's got both of them going. So, so I guess my question is, do we keep the lines like this because it's 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 working, or now that we've seen them heat up? Do we think, okay, now it's time to put Matthews back with Marner because that's where you get the most damage? No, keep it. Willie's giving Matthews the most damage right now. Yeah. And I've been saying Do you it, think so, though? I don't, yeah. I don't know if it's Nylander. It is Nylander. Marner didn't do – like, I remember Like I remember, I've been saying this since, like, maybe, like, the last little bit of last season into the playoffs. Mar- like, when Matthews was slowing down and going into the playoffs – and he only got that one goal in the Montreal series. Marner didn't do anything. And we never switched up the lines. But once Nylander came back to Matthews, especially this game we saw it, like that vintage Nylander cross-ice to Matthews, but that was on the power play, I guess. But but if you're seeing the first line of bunting Matthews and Nylander, they're creating ridiculous amount of opportunities. No, if you 100%, see- but that, that wasn't the issue. It's, they were getting the opportunities. It just wasn't capitalized this is what i think matthews is the type of player Mm -hmm. who when he's cold he doesn't 
need another player to to help him like get into it that that comes from within yeah i understand that but i think marner just suits tavares better than nylander that i would agree with so i'd yeah. keep marner with tavares because of that the only and zach i don't know if you agree with this the only thing that worries me is that by having the pairs of matthews nylander tavares marner if you are having bunting on that first line and it, as it looks right now, the best suit, at least from Sheldon Keefe's eyes, with Tavares and Marner is Kerfoot. Do we like the third line of Engvall, Kampf, and Kasha? That's yes. that's the issue because having that top four combo takes Kerfoot off of the third line. I'm okay with that for now. Uh, obviously, we talked about Kasha being the most injury-prone person ever. So how long that can stay? I think if he gets injured, I don't think it's a fourth line member moving up. I think it's a whole reshuffling and Kerfoot going back down to play center on that third line. But I do like the like Engvall on that wing. I think Engvall's played miles better than he did last year. Too. Oh my god, like, he's been fantastic. Oh, 100%. He just had no hustle whatsoever last yeah. year. Like like no motivation. It was it was so annoying. Like he was a guy that was like, I don't care if you're on this team. But now he's been playing like a totally different animal. Like he's not crazy, but He's been playing really well and give him credit. And so I think he's earned that. Yeah. That, uh, he's uh, centering the second power play unit, which is a big spot for him. Mm-hmm. Getting some penalty kill time. He's been good. I was going to, I was going to uh, comment that, that on that as well. Fourth line has been solid also. I mean, Richie's been quiet, but I mean, you know what you get with Spezza and Simmons on a nightly basis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're pretty consistent. Those two. So, Oh yeah. So moving to defense. So obviously with Hall out, uh, the pairings were as such that we had Riley with Dermott on the first pair, which would leave our second pair to be our, our quote-unquote shutdown pair of Muzzin and Brody and the Marley's teammates bringing up the rear with Sandine and Lilligren. What have we made about that so far? I don't – I mean, it worked perfectly today. I think they were fantastic today. I, I've, I've really liked – as I said before, I've really liked Lilligren in the four games that he's played. I think he's looked nice with Sandine. And obviously that shutdown, that shutdown D pairing of Muzzin and Brody has been nice. And I I was kind of concerned at first with Riley and Dermot on the same pairing, but it hasn't been as bad as I thought, but those, I feel like the defense can be shuffled a lot more than the offense, except for like, I'd keep Sandine and Lilligren. Screw Hall. I, like, I, I don't care about him anymore. Really? But Yeah. I, don't, I Honestly, like, if we keep playing like this, and, like, we've been on a three-game win streak, and if we keep playing like this with these defensive pairings, I wouldn't put Hall back in. I'd keep Lilligren. Here's, here's my thing, is that obviously Hall is not on his game, but when he is, Oh, he's fantastic. I think that's more valuable, at least right now, than anything Sandine and Lilligren can give you. If Hall is on his game, and that's an if. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. But he's he's not. Right. He's he's not. And hopefully, you know, you've got to think sitting for two games is a message from from Keith saying it's 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 time to put some work in. Um, but you know, everything that he went through with Mike Babcock and Basically, being a healthy scratch for three seasons, he's a guy, at least for the three of us that we root for, 
And I think his defensive style play, if he's on his game, is something we need in our lineup because we can look elsewhere for that offensive kick from the blue line. If he was playing like he was last year, this would be a different story. But I I, I don't expect – like, I, I'm sure Keith will put him back in the lineup next game, if I have to guess. As you said, s- scratch two games. There's your message. Now come back and play like you did last year. Or prove to me that I don't have to bench you again. Yeah. Yeah, I – I, I agree with that for the most part, but I would hesitate to put him in for the next game. Like just based on the way that they played tonight, I'd say ride with what's working, but maybe, you know, if the defense have an off night, um, I'm not saying like wait 10 games to get Justin Hall back in the lineup, but like, I wouldn't, I don't know what our our next game is. I think it's Tampa, Tampa, uh, then Boston, Tampa. then LA. Yeah, like I don't change anything for Tampa. I think I would go with the exact same lineup. I'd keep Campbell and Net too. Uh and just, you know, see how they play against the defending cup champions who, you know, haven't been playing their best either, but that's still a tough test, like a tougher test than injury prone or injury riddled Vegas was tonight. See how the defensive pairings last. And then maybe you take Lilligren out against the game after against Boston and you put Justin Hall in and say, Okay, you've sat out a few games, you're watching from the press box, you're seeing how different we're playing and how much success we found now without you like show me why you deserve to be playing every night and how you can contribute to that success and then i think he'll have a fantastic game when he comes back if he wants it 100 percent. yeah that's the thing right he has to have that he has to have that drive mm-hmm. to be good because we've seen what he can do and i mean you could have argued him and muzzin were probably our best defensive pair on a consistent basis last season Yep. Mm. Their stats really showed it. They were like plus 26 at the end of the year, both of them. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And obviously Brody at a high high plus minus also. Mm-hmm. Um, funny enough, I, I added a note into our, our latest news chunk here before tonight's game against Vegas. And it was, at what point do we start to worry about Matthews and then highlighted pending result of tonight's game. So uh, that played out nicely. We don't start to worry. But if if he hadn't, played and, and scored the two goals tonight uh, you know like how many games had it been since he scored right it, it's yeah we needed those results so it's, I'm glad to see that he started scoring and knowing how streaky in a good way he can be I think the floodgates are open now mm-hmm. yeah I definitely I think he just saw that Mitch Marner had more goals than him in the first period and was like I can't have that and then he scored twice <laughs> I think he saw that Spezza had more goals than him and he's like okay this is ridiculous I'm Austin Matthews just let me do me he just does a tour around the dressing room he's like you're not that guy pal you're not that guy pal I'm that guy pal yeah <laughs> for sure um the other big news in Leafs Nation over the last week uh happened the day after we recorded our last episode so it feels like it's been a while, but uh, Morgan Riley signs a huge extension, you know, Man going along the theme paid. of high paying long defenseman contracts, eight years, 60 million, seven and a half per uh, Zach, I'll start with you. What were your initial thoughts and thoughts on the contract now? It's problematic, but you know what? I would rather sign Riley to this deal then watch him walk away and get paid more somewhere else. He could definitely, I could see more like Morgan Riley is a, I'll say Olympic caliber defenseman. 
Like, I think he makes Team Canada this year for the Olympics. Me too. So for him, and based on how the defenseman, like defensive contracts has, have been going, I could easily see him getting 8.5 in a place that can afford 8.5. I don't know if that's just me. Maybe you guys think he'll, he'd get less. But getting 7.5, I think, is a discount. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy. Totally. But at For the sure. same time, that it, it makes things problematic in terms of salary cap, not because it's his fault, but just because of how big the other contract pieces of Matthews, Marner, Tavares are. Just because of that, it makes things difficult to move around. It's going to make Kyle Dubas work for a living. But, yeah, happy. I'm, if I had to summarize it, uh, worried but happy. It's a good thing. I I have to – I agree with you, Zach. Like, it, with the market for the defensemen this year and what the, we've seen with their contracts, it is a discount. What surprised me the most was eight years. I didn't think he'd ask for that much. I'd honestly think it, I honestly thought it would be like a five, six year deal. It's still a problem with the 7.5 mil, but it could have been more of a problem if he took what the market was valued at. Mm -hmm. 100%. I I think he's got to be looking at, you know, a comparable, like a guy like Seth Jones just got nine and a half million with the Blackhawks. He's trash. (laughs) <laughs> it's a whole other conversation, but he's trash. You know, I, I don't think there's any doubt that Riley took a discount here. No doubt in my mind. If only Mitch took a discount. Yeah, well, <laughs> he is the longest standing leaf. So I think this contract will take Riley until he's 35 years old. Mm-hmm. So that's that's like spending entire career as Maple Leaf territory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I like the deal. If you if you exclude the Maple Leafs cap situation from the conversation, and just look at the years, the AAV for the player, it's a great deal. Yeah. He's definitely worth more than seven and a half million per season, and to lock him up for eight years, pretty solid. I mean, we've seen also in late years in the NHL a surgence of, of high caliber play from older defensemen. You've guys kind of coming into the game later in their career, like Jeff Petrie in Montreal. I mean, he's always been Jordan solid, Anna. but yeah. So if Riley kind of fits the mold and I mean, he's a good skater, which should translate well as he gets older. I like the contract with the Leafs. I mean, if you don't, here's my thing. If you don't sign him, he walks in free agency because you kind of like we like we've spoken about before becomes with uh, your own rental for this season. If he walks in free agency, who are you replacing him with? Right? Like I'd rather pay him the seven and a half million than not have him. Fair. Yep. Mm-hmm. I yeah. get, I guess the only caveat becomes if you sign him and the playoffs are still another failure, what are you going to do now? Like, I don't know where you go from here. I think I don't even one, want to talk about one that. aspect about his contract that maybe is difficult to see now is that we don't know how the defensive market is going to shape up in the next few years. So say, uh, you know, we need to trade Riley because it's just like playoff success isn't happening or whatever. 
then his contract looks a lot easier for people to digest, like other teams to digest with a 7.5 than someone like Seth Jones with a 9.5. Like yeah. if you had to choose, you know, maybe you go Seth Jones in terms of age, but in terms of contract, then you go Morgan Riley, right? So it becomes like a better asset for the team as well in, in that way, saying like if we had to trade him. Yeah. And I also saw a lot of people, I mean, on Twitter, obviously, because Lee fans are very good at keeping a cool, calm, composed uh, sense sure. about them. But I saw a lot of people worrying, like, where is this money coming from? So the first thing to note is after this season, our retention of $1.1 million on Phil Kessel's contract is done after Woo-hoo. this season. Yes, we would still been paying <laughs> Phil goodness. Kessel all this time. My question is, for both of you, and I know... Where's the other six point whatever? We've, we've talked about it uh, multiple occasions. I was confident he would be gone last season. But mm-hmm. is, does next year mark the end of Alex Kerfoot's tenure as a Maple Leaf? I would think so. Because that three and a half million, I don't know if he's doing... I mean... You can't expect a lot from a three and a half million dollar player, but you'd expect some. Yeah. I guess he hasn't been bad at all, but I feel like we can get something for him or get rid of that three and a half million dollar cap and, and use it somewhere else. Yeah. Or maybe get a yeah. better player, I guess. Yeah. Um. So I just looked up Morgan Riley's uh, co- current contract. So we pay him $5 million a year right now. So I think some people on Twitter are thinking, oh, we like that's an extra 7.5. So it's an extra 2.5. So I think the Kerfoot contract is a great comparable as like a piece that you could move or uh, convert into cap space for the Riley deal. And I yeah. think, you right. Know, you can I also s- take the 1.1 Kessel out of that 7.75, right? Yeah, so that means uh, doing quick math, it's uh, 1.4 million that we have to find. Yeah, so, what's Dermot's contract? Uh, give me two seconds, but isn't it? Yeah, um, like Dermot's another person that you could. I think it's argue. low twos. It's low twos. So like that could be another movable movable piece if we need cap space. But that's good value. He's at 1.5. That's good value. Oh, never mind. I, I mean, he was like two. For cap reasons. Oh yeah, not... it was uh three mil for two years, three mil, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. that Dermot's contract is definitely doable. That's because if if we need an extra one point four for Morgan Riley, that could be Travis Dermot. Yeah, I I still think it's Kerfoot. I mean, he's a good player. He he has that top six potential, but ideally with our lineup, he's a third line player. And for me, paying. You know, if he was a if he was the centerman on that line, that's a different story. But I, I don't think with our cap situation, I don't think we can afford to pay a third line winger three and a half million a year. Yeah. Oh, I back and, I, I back that. And why is uh case in point Nazem Kadri, who funny enough came back for Kerfoot. <laughs> but you know, like that was a comparable, like we couldn't justify spending the money on Nazem Kadri, who's a second line center on most teams in the National Hockey League and pay him second-line center money to play on the third line. Yeah. So, yeah, 100% back that. Yeah. It just, to me, it makes sense. But, I mean, we've also been saying that 
for how long, right? Like last year, we, we talked about at the deadline that if we're bringing someone in, he was probably the guy to go. It was him and Engvall. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens, but I don't know where else you shed cap space. Something else to think about at the end of the season, Jack Campbell needs a new contract. Sign him. Right? So it depends what yeah. he wants as well. I, I, don't, I don't see a way that Alex Kerfoot is a, is a Maple Leaf on uh, opening night next season. Yeah, I doubt it too. Interesting. Do you think, do you think he gets traded at the deadline now? Or do you think the Leafs just like uh, keep him as like, not a rental, but like, do they just keep him for the rest of the year? I'd prefer he get traded. So we actually get something out of it because you never know what you can get. You'd be surprised. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I wouldn't trade him. Obviously we can't speak on the team's position at the deadline now, albeit it is only 10 games into the season. So last, last, sorry, next year will be the final year on his contract. So the final year where he makes that uh, three and a half million. We saw the success he had in the playoffs. I do think he's a pretty versatile option. If you need to use him at center, pending an injury, you can, you know, he's playing on the second line right now. If you need to throw him up there to spark something, you can do that too pending you know unless they're trying to bring in someone who makes a lot of money as a rental this this uh trade deadline i think he's a guy you keep and look to move in the offseason hmm. right because sure. you don't need to move him until riley's contract kicks in very true but uh we'll see i mean i don't know what what you'd look for in return for a guy like that but i think if you're moving him you're looking for a I guess just like a re- replacement spot, you know, you trade him to a team that would maybe use him as center and bring a winger over in return. And then I think also from Kyle Dubas's perspective, signing David camp again would probably be a priority. I mean, yes, it's only 10 games in, but he has looked very good. That would be ideal if he continues to play like he has been in the first 10 games. Yep. I don't, I don't doubt he would like not, I don't doubt that he would play the same like he's a fantastic player good shutdown centerman on the third line he showed it in chicago too and they're significantly worse than we are that's true or fourth place according to ryan it's uh, the season is still young <laughs> i know okay, so i, know. I was joking i was mistaken i didn't realize we did sign camp to a two-year contract so we do have him next season as well okay speaking of contracts though yeah go for it paul what a transition, buddy. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. The Rangers signed Adam Fox, a Norris Trophy winner. Adam Fox, seven years, $66.5 million, so a 9.5 AAV. And, so I was like, and I was like, geez. That's so much money. That's oh, he's insane so worth it, money. So yeah, he worth probably it. is worth it. He is so fantastic. It's not even funny. And the Rangers need some good defense. They got good forwards. I don't think they'll have. I don't think they have that good of a defensive. It's good, but nine point five. Yeah, like that's the crazy. Rangers, the Rangers are doing the same thing the Leafs are, and it's like Zabanajad, Panarin, Kreider, uh, Fox, and oh gosh, I forget who else it is. But they have the same kind of cap restraint with those that we do with our guys. And I think I take our guys over their guys any day of the week, though. Adam Fox or not? I mean, but. yes, but you also have to look at it, right? Adam Fox is a, is 23 years old. He's our age, born in 98. Mm-hmm. 
just won the Norris Trophy. Yeah. And and last season he put up forty seven points in fifty five games. In a COVID restricted divisional season, right? And you have to think. I mean, with COVID, we know we're at a, a flat cap right now. It's going to start to go up again. In eight years from now, when he's thirty one, that's going to look like a fantastic contract. Obviously, he has to continue to play the way he is for it to be worth it. But to lock a guy like that up, who to me, we haven't seen the best from yet. That's a good point. He's young. He's our age. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we'll the, the Rangers, you're, you're banking on the fact that he, like, this isn't just a couple of up years for him. Like, look how problematic, um, like, the P.K. Subban contract is. And P.K. <laughs> Subban looked like the best defenseman in the National Hockey League for a couple of years. Yeah. So as soon as he left Montreal, it was downhill. But yeah. Yeah. I would, I, well, yeah, I agreed. But yeah, I think Fox definitely has the potential to be like the best defenseman in the National Hockey League consistently. Whether he does it or not is like, that's, I think the, that's the gamble the Rangers are, are playing with. Yeah. Totally. I wouldn't disagree. But, you know, if I'm, if I'm the Rangers, I'm not hesitating to sign him to a deal like that. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Some other news around the NHL. Patty Kane comes back from COVID protocol and becomes Hattie Kane once again. Hawks get their first win. They're on their way to fourth place in the Central Division, as per my prediction. Oh, man. In the Atlantic, from Calder Trophy to Calder Cup, Cole Caulfield sent down to the Miners. This is the, by the Montreal Canadiens. I saw that and I laughed so hard. I literally cried of happiness. More like cold Caulfield. There you go. The guy, Caulfield, was so cheesed, he took Montreal like off his Instagram bio. Really? Are yeah, you serious? I, yeah. I think you How go would you check know? it. You don't have Instagram. I see it on Twitter. Everyone just posts about it, Zach. I don't live under a rock. I still have social media. It's not Instagram. Yeah, whatever. I still see the same things you do. Mm, I knew and, and you didn't. Fair. That is a good All point. Right. There we go. Sources. I don't know why they did that, though. It's, it's, I mean, they are so bad. He had one point in 10 games. Their whole yeah, okay. Montreal fans terrible. with their Calder. <laughs> He's going to win the Calder. Sure. Sure he is. Yeah, I, you know, what, I, I see the reason for this. I mean, you don't want your 20-year-old, like, up-and-coming star to be surrounded by probably what's a really toxic environment right now in terms of a hockey dressing room. Like, nothing is going right over there. No. I think they um, said Price was coming back soon. I was just going to say, I think they 10 days on the radar, something like that. But I think, you know, maybe you, you send Caulfield down. <laughs> He'll probably light it up in the AHL. Price comes back. You bring him back up with his momentum and see what happens. I think Price just said he's going to come back because he sees what's happening in Montreal. And he's like, my <laughs> goodness, they are horrible without me. I need to go back. <laughs> They've been pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, is, it, is it bad that I'm more 
not I'm not happy, but like I'm not sad. What's going on with Cole Caulfield? Just because of like uh the World Juniors, mm. like him and, oh. and Zegris, like uh being from the United States and like beating. I don't know. Like I didn't like those guys just because they were U.S. Okay, players. you can be salty. You just call I, it. What I it was is. I was so salty. I was crazy. I was like. 401 in the middle of January snowstorm salty. Like yikes, that's pretty salty. It was very salty. I was on the 401 today and I was pretty salty. So is it salty already? I'm salty. I'm salty. You're salty. Yeah, I don't like traffic. Um (laughs) some other news around the league. Uh gets off past Timu Solani as the Ducks all-time points leader. Uh Patrick Kane also with his hat trick set a whole bunch of like uh steps up on the Blackhawks all-time uh goals and assists records. Um, I think he's fourth in all-time goals. And I think seventh in points or something like that. Yes. Hmm. Um Hurricanes are still undefeated, 8-0-0. Wow. They're ridiculous. They're on track to be finishing first in the metro like in my predictions. I think I put it too. No, you're the Islanders, I think. I the oh, Islanders. Actually, actually I don't sure. remember. I know I did, but I'm I'm gonna check Paul before I start. I don't remember honestly, stuff. but I have it written down somewhere. I'm not hundred percent sure. Fly through those papers. And yeah, you know yeah, what? You can... If if the listeners uh listening want to know about the predictions that we had, you guys can no, go on our Instagram Islanders. page and check. There you go. Yes. Our predictions. I had I had Islanders, so did Ryan. Zach had Zach had Carolina though. I, I think I had Carolina in like third or fourth. I didn't Ryan, think Freddie Carolina, was be so you solid. had Carolina in fourth. Yikes, that's looking really bad for wow. me right about now. Mm-hmm. I also had Chicago in fourth, so that's nice. Yep. yep. That was a nice fever dream. We'll keep reminding you of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, speaking of Chicago, last week um we did speak about you know what the hockey world has been pretty consumed by over the last week, uh, the Kyle Beach situation. I know Paul and I spoke about it briefly, but that was still a little premature in the conversation. Mm -hmm. But um, since then, I think we had known that Stan Bowman stepped down with the Hawks. Since then, Joel Quenville has resigned as head coach of the Florida Panthers. And Kevin Shovel Dayoff is not stepping down or, you know, it looks like he was not quote unquote guilty but still a lot of uh, not allegations, but word kind of swirling around um, around the league. It seems like a lot of people are really upset with Batman calling, you know, that he handled this poorly. Uh, obviously Batman for, handles everything poorly. That's true. He's terrible. Yeah. But um, very, very much of a whirlwind this past couple weeks with the Kyle beach situation. If anyone listening hasn't seen his interview with Rick Westhead, mm-hmm. uh, I would definitely recommend going to watch that. Um, it, it's just kind of baffling that this stuff is, is still happening in this day and age. But um, I also know that bef- the day before Quenville stepped down or resigned, he still coached the Panthers last night and a lot uh, that night. And a lot of people were unhappy that he was behind the bench. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's facts. So yeah, I remember seeing it all over Twitter. 
Yeah, and even a, a lot of people thought that the Leafs Blackhawks game last week shouldn't have even happened. Hey, oh, we won, really? so yeah, I guess that helps us. But I mean, why would they? Why would they stop the games if it's if they're just investigating? I would, I guess, the organization as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. But, so, so for example, I think it was either coming up or or in the in sometime this week. The Blackhawks were supposed to have like a, a, a pregame ceremony for Marion Hosa, and they postponed yeah. it because they said it's time to reflect rather than celebrate. Yeah, which kudos, kudos yep. to them. That is definitely a good decision. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, I think this whole situation is going to have crazy big impacts on just not just the NHL, but I think like professional hockey in general totally and i think the there are changes that need to happen and like a lot of times people chalk things up to locker room talk and stuff like that and obviously we've seen that like just how crazy it can get and how um trying to word my words properly because i don't have anything actually written down but like you know what i mean like crazy crazy changes are going to happen i think yeah positive changes yeah like you only hope i think gary bettman's done i think he's actually going to step down or the owners are going to make him step down yeah uh just for his handling of this i don't know if you guys saw that um rick westhead there was a press conference a virtual press conference for where gary bettman was talking about stuff and rick westhead who is uh ryan as you mentioned interviewed kyle beach um, like they didn't let him ask any questions until I think it was Pierre Lebrun was like, Hey, Rick Westhead has a question. And you guys have like, <laughs> let every reporter go like two or three times. And so that kind of speaks to just the honesty of the NHL and how it's not where it needs to be. And so yeah. I think Batman steps down. Um, I don't think he steps down. I think he's, he's fired. Oh, yeah. I hope he just leaves. I think he, he's, he's too he's too far gone to resign at this point. I think he's too prideful. Yeah. We'll see what happens. But hopefully, you know, in in such a negative situation, you can only hope that positive change is to come. Yes. All right. As we move on, uh, 10 games underway in this season. We, we are approaching our one-hour mark. So I'll give each of you 30 seconds. You have 30 seconds to let me know your thoughts on the Maple Leafs' first 10 games, 5-4-1, and one, fourth in the Atlantic. Paul, I'm starting with you. The clock starts as soon as I start my timer. So, Jeopardy music, cue. And I don't want 17 minutes. I want 30 seconds. And the clock starts in 3, 2, 1, go. All right, so 5-4 and 1 in the first 10 games. Obviously not the greatest start that we wanted. Um Bad start. We're doing a lot better now, so hopefully it continues. Who's looked the best so far? I feel like it's our new up, our new signings like Bunting. Campus look fantastic. Uh, Spets is all looking great. Campbell's fantastic. Uh, obviously, struggling has been Richie. Matthews was struggling before, so was Marner. Like our top guys, Willie has been playing really well so far. Um, I think if we just continue to play like we have been now, uh, the next ten games or hopefully the next couple of months will be very good. There you go. Well said. Thank you. Hot 30 seconds. All right, Zach. Three, two, and you're on. 
All right, five, four, and one. It was almost panic time for a lot of Leafs fans, even though it was only like eight games in the season a few games ago. Uh, looked really bad, slow off the start, but I feel like the last couple of games have been a really positive turn and have left some light to come back in. Uh, best so far, if I had to give three names, uh, Bunting, Spezza, and I'll say uh, Campbell just to give him some slack on that. Uh, who has been struggling? Haven't seen a whole lot from Wayne Simmons. Kind of hoped he would regain his last season form, like when he was good at the beginning of the season. All right, well done. My thoughts on this is it's it's only 10 games. Always blown out of proportion. It's Leafs Nation. Positive or negative, it's always blown out of proportion. Mm -hmm. It's Leafs Nation. We lost one more game. Fire everybody. (laughs) Trade everybody. Rebuild from the ground Trade everybody but Matthews. Rebuild. Take off Kyle Dubas's glasses. Yes. Oh. I will put on Kyle Dubas's glasses. Okay, buddy. You do that. New GM of the Leafs. <laughs> Paul Dubas. <laughs> the, Paul becomes uh, GM of the Leafs, and the Leafs change their name to Austin Matthews Fan Club. <laughs> How did you know? I know. <laughs> How did you know? Our, our jerseys would have Matthews's, Matthews's stash. That's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And everybody would have to be number 34. <laughs> it, gets, it, gets, it gets the opposite of retired. Yes. Everyone has to wear 34. Yes. Every game. If I was GM, Freddie Godier would be back on the team. Oh, no. That's, that's why you're not GM. You that's know why, Pierre, yeah. Pierre Engvall is approaching Frederick Gautier territory for me. Wow. Approaching. Okay. You're in love okay, with Pierre Okay, but Engvall's way better than Gautier. You're right, but he, he also has the capacity to be worse, and we've seen it. Yeah, everyone has the capacity to be I worse, but just no one can be worse. I can't believe you're cheating on Frederick Gauthier with Pierre Engvall. I don't even know what he's doing now. Where okay? even is Gauthier, honestly? I, think I don't know. He, he was on a, he was on a, no, he's not injured. He was on a PTO with the Yotes, I think, last season. If you're on a professional tryout with the Yotes, I think your career is over. <laughs> if, he, if, he, <laughs> if you can't crack that team, you're not cracking any team. Yeah, if you're without a professional trial with the coyote, with oh. the Arizona Coyotes, your uh, career's in a little Whoa. bit of a... You, do you want to know where Frederick Gauthier is right now? I would love to. He's on the New Jersey Devils. He's played five games. And he's no, minus he one. No, no, Let's that's go. a lie. Zach's lying. <laughs> I'm not lying. He's not I'm played not lying. five games. He's played five games, and he's and minus one. He's chilling with his buddy, Andreas Johnson. Did you just say, let's go? Yeah. Let's he's awful. Five games. Good for him. <laughs> he played 15 minutes of ice time against Pittsburgh. Good for him. What? <laughs> what? There oh, I guess because uh, Jack Hughes is injured that they need Frederick Gauthier to step up. Yep. You're not wrong. Stop. <laughs> Ryan has a Freddie Gauthier shrine in his closet. How do you know about that? Well, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Okay. <laughs> if uh, if Zach's the GM, Reimer's coming back. Oh, yeah. First, oh, for first sure. move is I trade Mrazek and I get Reimer, and it's Campbell and Reimer, the, the nicest Zach. duo ever. Zach, what number was uh, was was Reimer? It's 34. There we go, Austin I, Matthews I, fan I, club. I, <laughs> I make Matthews give up the 34. No, oh, oh God. I am so sorry. No chance. No way. Everyone wears number 34. He doesn't have to give it up. There you go. Oh, true. We should co-GM, Paul. We should. We really should. Just as long as Ryan doesn't bring Gochi back. That's <laughs> okay. I have to stop. <laughs> I'm feeling a little attacked right now, so let's move on 
take a look at the week ahead. Uh, this episode comes out Wednesday, recording on Tuesday night, though. Thursday, we are at home against Tampa Bay Lightning. I'll be in the building working, however. Woo-hoo. Nothing glamorous, just some uh, some part-time stuff. You know, you know what it is. Got to grind. Got to gotta have that side hustle. Mm. Uh, Saturday, the Bruins are in town. First time we'll have played them. Hey, shush phone. First Drops time Keith was co- will coach against them, too. Yeah. Uh, so that's Saturday. Paul, you're going to that game. Congratulations. Yes, sir. I'm going to the game. Wow, good I'm going to lose my voice again. Have fun. and I uh, will try. And Monday continued on our little homestand. The LA Kings are in town, and Zach is not going to that game as far as I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to that game. It's a cheap game, Zach. Just go. I, I, I have to work, but ah, uh, the grind is real, though. Monday night games. Damn. What can you uh, do? All right, really quick predictions, Zach. You're up. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna ride the hot streak. I'm gonna say two zero and one. Um, yeah. That's, that's nice. That's, okay. Cool. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go two one and zero. I think. Uh, I feel like we'll probably lose against Tampa, but I hope I'm wrong. I wanna. I wanna beat Boston, not just because I'm going to the game, just because it's Boston. And we should beat LA. So there we go. 2 1 0. And I just did my prediction now 3 0 because I want to be different. Nice. It's and always good, Ryan. Success is, is good. Mm. Success is a nice thing to strive for. Uh, yes. So that's, that is it for us this week. 10 games in. It's been quite a 10 games. It, it does, in a sense, feel like it's been more than 10 games because I think the stress adds some time to your life. Yep. It adds. Takes away. <laughs> I mean, takes away in the long run, but makes it feel longer in the, in the present. Fair enough. I've had so much stress just because of this team. Tons. Mm. Tons of stress. So that is it for us. Thank you very much for listening. If you made it to the end, as always, we really, really do appreciate it. Couldn't do it without you. I mean, we could, but we don't want to because you are what will one day make us some money. Make sure to follow us, subscribe, all that jazz. <laughs> participate in our first goal prediction series boys send us home go leafs go austin matthews fan club i was just gonna say that too i mean that's forward sorry go go leafs go that is no it's one word if you put fan club as one word yeah that's how bad your grammar is that's not even grammar. go leafs go go leafs go go leafs go remember to take care of the planet we'll see you next week